Welcome to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. We share sermons, teachings, and messages from St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Father Andrew, the senior pastor at the church, and I'm glad you're listening today. You're always invited to worship in person on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. You can also visit us online at stbarnabas.us. That's S-T-B-A-R-N-A-B-A-S dot U-S. And now, enjoy the podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel reading today about Lazarus being raised from the dead is filled with rich theology and countless sermon topics. But in light of the pandemic in our world today, I was struck by two relevant topics found in this passage that many are dealing with on this very day. And that is waiting and weeping. Waiting and weeping. Today our world is fearfully waiting for this pandemic to pass and for life to return to normal, whatever that might now look like. And while we're waiting, many are weeping. Some are weeping over cancellations. Some are weeping over retirement accounts that have plummeted or layoffs or lack of toilet paper, or maybe the kids being home for the next five months. But some are weeping for friends, for co-workers, and for loved ones who are sick and are dying at this very moment. This entire world is now waiting and weeping through this pandemic. So this morning I want to look at these two topics. Let's first take a look at the waiting, as seen in this passage before us this morning. The waiting. The story began with a message sent by Lazarus' sister to Jesus. It said, Lord, he whom you love is ill. They didn't even have to say who it was. They were close friends, and they knew that Jesus would know exactly who they were talking about, which makes what happens next even harder to understand. And that is that Jesus waits. He doesn't seem alarmed by the information that his dear friend was ill. It seems as if he downplays the seriousness of the illness. And we have all heard much about that in recent days. But Jesus did say, the sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God that God's Son may be glorified by it. Now, those words wouldn't have made Lazarus or his sister feel any better. In fact, it almost sounds as if Jesus is saying, well, Lazarus is sick, but so what? It's no big deal. It's just something that God will use for his glory. And then Jesus waits two full days before beginning the journey to Bethany. That seems rather strange behavior to us. 
How could Jesus be so callous? How could he jump into theology about the illness of a dear friend? And why does Jesus wait for two days? Well, I can't offer any real good answers to those questions. Theologians and scholars have speculated about why he waited. But at some point, they must finally conclude that John doesn't really say exactly why Jesus waited. However, the reasons for waiting, Martha and Mary didn't appreciate Jesus' attitude or his delay. They thought him to be the kind of friend who would drop everything and come and stand with them in their moment of pain. They didn't want a theology lesson. They wanted someone to suffer with them and comfort them in their moment of need. But Jesus didn't stop this time immediately and respond to their call. He didn't rush to the bedside of his sick friend or aid his sisters. In fact, verse 6 reveals that when he heard this, that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where they were. And that really seems rather odd and somewhat out of character. Each sister in turn then rebukes Jesus for his tardiness. They wanted to be kind to Jesus, but they just couldn't restrain their emotions in moment of pain. They both blurted out identical words, in fact. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In fact, it almost seems that they had both rehearsed what they would say to Jesus if and when he finally appeared. And while I or no one can really explain why Jesus waits, all of us, all of us can identify with the waiting of Martha and Mary, can't we? How many times have we waited like they did? How many times have you asked, why isn't Jesus here? Or why doesn't God hurry up and do something? Or where are you right now, Jesus? And I wonder how many have asked where God is in recent weeks through this pandemic. We hear Martha and Mary's pain, and we fully understand it, because in many of our homes and lives, Lazarus has died also. For some, it may not be the literal death of a loved one, but it might be the death of a dream, the death of a job, or the death of hope. So where has Lazarus died in your world? Where has Jesus disappointed you? You know what that's like. You prayed, but no answer came. You pleaded, but God delayed. You waited, but he didn't show up. You held a funeral, but he didn't attend. Or so it seemed. Where are you waiting for God to show up and be God for you this day? Friends, we don't know why Jesus waits. We don't know why God waits, and no theology or explanation can satisfy us, any of us, while we're waiting. And wait, we do. My only consolation could be, and conclusion could be, that something important happens to us while we're waiting. Something important happens to us while we're waiting. Life is lived while we wait. Faith is proved while we wait. Hope is tested while we wait. 
We all know Mary and Martha weren't the last to wait for Jesus in this world. And we won't be either. So after the waiting comes the weeping. When Mary broke down in tears before Jesus, he asked, Where have you laid him? When he stood in front of the tomb, verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus must have wept out loud because those around him saw him weeping and said, See how much affection he had for him? We all know why Martha and Mary were weeping. Their brother had been dead four days. They were weeping tears of grief. And those are the tears that we all understand. We've all stood at gravesides of a loved one and wept tears of grief and pain. We cry because we can't help but cry, friends. Our emotions take over our bodies and the tear ducts open and our tears just flow down. Anytime we experience great pain, grief, or loss. But what's revealed in this shortest verse in the Bible before us today? The verse, Jesus wept. Why did Jesus cry? Well, there have certainly been no shortage of answers to that question. And everyone's answer to the question reveals a lot about their Christology, which is your theology or understanding of Jesus Christ. So why did Jesus cry? Why did he weep in the shortest verse in the scriptures? Some say he was crying for the crowd because of their lack of faith. Some say he was crying tears of rage over evil, death, and sin in our world. Some say he was weeping for himself in anticipation of the cross, which was only days away after this. All these are suggestions, and we have to remember that they are only suggestions. Because John doesn't really make it clear why Jesus wept. Certainly any of those reasons could be the reason that Jesus wept, but notice that all of those reasons reveal only the divine nature of Jesus. If Jesus cried only for those reasons, then none of us as mere mortals could really understand or identify with the tears of Jesus, could we? If those were the only reason Jesus was crying, then he is far from being like us. And he wouldn't be a high priest that we could identify with, as the writer of Hebrews says. That prompts a question. How do you relate to Jesus? As human, like us, or divine like God? I think it's impossible for our little minds to perfectly balance the creedal statement that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Our finite little minds tend to automatically tilt to one side or the other. John's gospel, which is so rich with theology, leans toward the divine side, more so than do the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I, for one, personally prefer the view of Jesus we find in the synoptics. That's because I prefer to visualize Jesus' humanity is the primary thing I see. I like to think that Jesus experienced life struggles the very same way that we do and that we are on this very day. I tend to lean into Philippians 2 for my Christology where Paul says, Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, didn't consider quality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself 
taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of man. That's why I believe that Jesus cried simply because Jesus cared. He cried for the very same reasons that we cry at funerals, or when we get laid off, or when we get hurt, or when someone gets seriously ill. Jesus wept with Mary and Martha because he loved them, and he loved Lazarus, his dear friend. He was grieved that Lazarus had died. He identified with their pain, and he understood their tears personally. That, friends, is what we do when we cry. That's what friends do when we cry because they cry with us. And I, for one, can take great comfort in this reason for Jesus' tears. It tells me that God still identifies with people who are hurting. When we cry, God cries too. And that's comforting in these days of global suffering where people are sick and dying. There's a story of a little girl who came home late for school one day. Her mom was furious and went on for five minutes raining and raving at her. She finally stopped and asked, well, why were you late anyway? The little girl replied, I was helping another little girl in trouble. Oh, really? What did you do for her? Asked her mom. Oh, I just sat down beside her and helped her cry. Friends, I believe the words Jesus wept reveal as much about Jesus as all the words that have ever been written or said about him. Jesus weeps for all who pray for God to come and nothing happens. He weeps for all who face the uncertainties and tragedies of this life and painfully send their unanswered whys up to heaven daily. He weeps for those who have unanswered questions about the future this very day. He weeps for those who don't walk quietly toward death's dark door. He weeps for those who pray for miracles but never see them happen on this side. That, friends, isn't a picture of a God who is immovable or who is unemotional, who is uninvolved in our lives. That's a picture of a God with a weeping heart. That's a picture of a Lord of this universe with tears in his eyes. It's crucial for me to believe that Jesus understands what life is like for us. He knows today how it grieves us as clergy to be separated from you this morning. He knows our temptations. He knows what it's like to be fully human, just like us, yet without sin. He knows our suffering, our disappointments, our character flaws, our problems, and all of our fears and all of our questions to this pandemic. And more importantly, he not only knows, but he understands because he has walked in our shoes through the challenges and hardships of our lives. And because Jesus knows and cares, we can know, God knows that he cares for us. Our suffering, just like this present pandemic, has a way of isolating us all. When we cry, we can't help but think we're the only ones that have experienced such deep pain in this separation. And we feel frightened and alone. We think no one else could 
possibly feel our pain or know our grief. But Jesus' tears, my friends, tell us that there is someone who knows. And we can lean on Him for strength in these days, for wisdom, peace, comfort, and hope. In the uncertainty and confusion around us today, Jesus is with us. While we all wait in social separation, Jesus waits with us. In our sorrow and feel, He will sustain us and hold us. I want to close with this. Across from the bombed out federal building in Oklahoma City, where 168 people needlessly died on April 19th of 1995, there's a memorial. But the statue at that site is not like the statues of Jesus in the Ozarks or down in Brazil that so many have seen with his arms stretched out wide. No, the nine-foot statue of Jesus in Oklahoma City shows him with his face in his hands, turned away from where the act of terror took place. And at the foot of that statue is a bronze plaque that reads, and Jesus wept. For millions of mourners and survivors over the last 25 years, that statue of Jesus weeping has provided resurrection, hope, and new life. It stands as a pillar of comfort and peace for all who pass by it. That statue also stands as a reminder for us today that our sovereign God is still reigning and ruling through this pandemic. And that through the blood and tears of Jesus, there is resurrection, hope, and new life before us all. Friends, Jesus is waiting, weeping, and interceding for us through this social separation. And he is always available to sit down beside us and cry. And oftentimes, that's all we really need. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast is copyright 2020, St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas, all rights reserved.